Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. All about acting. Um, I'm guess I'm the host for the evening, uh, Jonathan Moody. Uh, Laura Jean should be joining us um, sometime tonight. Uh, she hasn't let me know what's going on yet, but she's generally uh, Thursday nights are busy. We may have to change that at some point if we can, but if we have to. But uh, um, but anyway, uh, I digress. Let's uh, move on to our awesome guests for tonight. Um, so I'm going to, uh, ladies first, I'm going to mention uh, Stephanie Beaton is on the show tonight, and I'm really excited to chat with her because uh, I have not actually interviewed you yet, so this is going to be, this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, hey, Stephanie, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing fantastic. I'm, I'm very happy that you're on and really excited to do this. Um, you guys can hear me fine, right? Like, yeah. sounds good. Okay. Uh, and also we have uh, James L. Edwards here who has not been on uh, All About Acting, but has been on, I think, Indie Film, or was it uh, Independent Corner and uh, Frights the Roundtable. So you've been like, you know, you, you're, you've been on my shows before. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, thanks for having okay. me on again. I appreciate it. Of course. Of course. I love, I always love having you on. And um, so, yeah. Um, all right. So let's, I guess let's begin. Uh, it is uh, midnight here on the East Coast, uh, which is a lot of fun to kind of get this, this get this going. Uh, first off, um, Stephanie, for people who may not be familiar with your work, um, I think mm-hmm. a lot of your fans are listening anyway. But uh, please tell us how um, how did you get into this business? Oh, that's a good question. Well, actually, acting was not what I wanted to do. <laughs> um, really? When I was a kid, I wanted to, yeah, uh, a veterinarian is what I wanted. I wanted to go oh my to God, veterinary I school. I wanted to, uh, yeah, I mean, I absolutely love animals, and I wanted to go to Kent State University and become a vet and all that good stuff, That as long as I lived in Ohio. <laughs> then I moved to California, and then it kind of, it kind of, the bug hit me. Actually, it was Ironically, I went to this air show in Point Magoo when I was like 14 years old, fresh off the boat from Ohio, literally. And um, I met Arnold Schwarzenegger, and that was just like, oh my God, this is so incredible. And I loved all his movies and was obsessed. And all of a sudden, I was like, you know what? I would like to start getting into acting. Like, I, you know, I just started, like, I want to branch off into that. So, of course, I started taking uh, drama classes in high school and and went to those, you know, scam places, like inter- entertainment casting where they, you know, they charge your arm and a leg for the headshots and, you know, in the, the classes and all that good stuff. And 
Well, I never gone anywhere. I never went anywhere. As long as I lived in Oxnard, because I lived up in Port Wainimi. Um, and then when I moved down to West Hollywood in 1992, I moved out to California in 86. I moved to West Hollywood in 1992. And um, it wasn't until 1905 when I did my first film. Before that, I did you know, some modeling stuff and some commercials and, and um, like little independent type stuff. And uh, let's see, but it was 90, it was 1995 when I did my first film, which was a naturally born killer. And um, from that moment on, um, I did Witchcraft 9 and then it just was a spiral of just one film after another. And I was current, I was taking some acting classes and once I got the second film, I didn't have time to go back because I ended up just literally getting one film after another because I was in so many of these like horror screen queen magazines that I just kept getting contacted by director after director after director. I didn't even have to audition anymore. It was just like, whatever, you know, this is great. I don't have to go to the cattle calls. I mean, I still went out there and, you know, still, you know, SAG, you know, a union member. So, of course, I did the union auditions and, of course, the non-union, which you're not supposed to do, but whatever. You know, if I didn't, you wouldn't eat. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of how I got into it. And then the passion and just the drive and just the creativity and all that stuff, that all that all came to pass. Okay, okay. I have to talk to you about this real quick before we get into James real quick. But um, I, uh, as, as far as the veterinarian thing, what, what really stopped mm-hmm. me in the beginning was, realizing like I'd have to watch animals unfortunately die. Like I'd, I'd get them, mm-hmm. I'd become friends with them and then I'd, mm-hmm. they might die, you know? So I was like, Oh, I can't, I'm like I couldn't do that. Like even if I could help Have them, you ever worked in an like, animal hospital? Uh, no, I, I'm like, cause I'm, just, I'm too afraid to like get attached. Like I really, yeah, am. It, it, uh, I, it is, it is hardcore. I'm not going to lie. I worked at an animal hospital before I moved to Arizona last year and I was there for a year and a half at Hollywood Cat and Dog and you know people would just I don't know these people but you know I only work Saturdays only <laughs> so they would come in and as soon as I knew they were coming in for euthanasia it was it was done I was taking them into the room and I'm crying and I don't even know you it's like I'm hysterical <laughs> it was hard uh, yeah so I, I'm talking yeah, about I can't, I can't do it but <laughs> I I appreciate every single vet that I've ever worked with and um and I don't know what they do here in Williamsburg, but every vet is hot. Um, I don't know if they have, like, some kind of screening process or whatever, but I'm like, holy cow. Um, but anyway, that's, that's beside the point. Um, so let's get into uh, James. Uh, tell us, how did you get into this business? Um, actually, it's a, a fairly similar story. I really had no interest in acting whatsoever. What I wanted to do was be a special effects makeup artist. Um, nice. I was a Savini kid growing up. I, I was fortunate enough that I started in this uh, pseudo, uh, in, uh, in the indie, indie film uh, market, roughly at about the age of 12. <laughs> I had started as a production assistant, and I had conned my way into this uh, company and thinking that, them thinking that I knew special effects. Um, I didn't. I, what I discovered very quickly was, as far as that, section of filmmaking I had no artistic talent whatsoever <laughs> so it was one of those where um, I, I, I had them fold for about two weeks on the set and then they, they finally realized well this kid really doesn't know what he's talking about but they liked my spirit so they kept me on as a production assistant and it wasn't until my second film with them where they were like hey uh, would you be interested in 
trying out for a part. And I'm like, yeah, that, that sounds like fun. And literally got the bug the, the second I started, went into rehearsals. And I was like, wow, this is, this is actually a lot of fun. I liked the idea of basically becoming another person. I thought that was very, uh, very unique and very, uh, uh, a, a great way to uh, to express creativity. So I, I started uh, grabbing any any books that I could on acting, any type of uh, drama class in high school I would grab, anything outside of uh, of school. And I was fortunate that I just stuck with the company for the entirety of the time that they were in Ohio. And then after the fact, I'd established my name enough to where I was getting gigs after that. So um, so yeah, it was it was com- a complete fluke that I ended up. Uh, acting and then later writing and, and now directing. So it's, it's, it's just been a fun ride ever since. Wow. Yeah. You're from Ohio, James? Oh, I'm sorry? You're from Ohio? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I was going to say, if I'm not mistaken, you're originally from Alliance, aren't you? Uh, well, it's Sebring, yeah. Sebring and yeah, then Alliance. Can't literally, yeah, California. literally, your uh, your hometown is like forty five minutes away from mine. So when I was uh, no when I was looking Let's up some of your information, it's like yeah, I'm in Akron, so it's like yeah, it's, okay. um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Funny story, I um, I, um, I used to work uh, years ago. I used to work as an insurance agent, and when somebody had found uh, somebody that I'd worked with found out that I was an actor, and they were like. Um, do you by chance know Stephanie Beaton? And I'm like, well, I'm familiar with her, but I, I've never, I've never worked with her. Like, she's like, yeah, I was, I, we were high school friends. So it was like, it was, it was, it was a complete, yeah. Uh, I, I'm trying to remember her name. I, I know, I want to say her name was Michelle. And she, she was just talking to me about, yeah, my, 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 one of my best, my best friends in high school ended up being a, no, no, it was just I, some, uh, 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 some girl that I worked with as an insurance agent years ago. And she had brought up Stephanie during a conversation. Because I went, to, I didn't go to high school there. I went to junior high, but only for one year. I did. That must I have was been best it. friends with a Michelle, but that was like grade school. That must have been grade school then. That had to have been grade school. Oh my That's god! Funny. Wow. My <laughs> world. Small world. <laughs> I, 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 I guess, oh god! Like, especially with uh, with acting, you know, like. It almost feels like everybody does know everybody in some way or another in this business. Oh, almost oh, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so weird. Now, bacon, dude. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you end up doing so many gigs that you're eventually you're going to run into somebody, somebody who knows somebody at least. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And everybody knows somebody. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, okay. So let's. Um, let's get into like individual movies and 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 talk about that uh, specifically um, because uh, and let's start with you, Stephanie, since we we started with you before. Um, uh, what was like? Okay, you worked on the witch uh, witchcraft movies um, like nine through eleven, if I'm correct. I just correct. watched eleven by the way last night, and oh, okay. um, I was I was like I never really I, I never really got into the witchcraft movies. I don't know why they weren't. Um, typically, I mean, I, I should, uh, you know, um, we have a mutual friend, uh, Dustin Hubbard. He's like, a, like loves those movies. And yeah. I'm just, um, yeah. yeah, I, I, I just never got into him and he's been trying to get me to, to watch them. So I finally watched witchcraft 11 and really, really enjoyed it. Like it was, it was fun because you didn't need to watch any of the others. It's like a standalone story. It felt like. 
Um, yeah, right. That how right. Pretty much well, I had a really good life? director, really good director on that one. And it was shot on 16 millimeter, I believe, Super 16. Yeah, Ron Ford directed that one. Um, Correct. So yeah, uh, and uh, I actually told him, I told him last night I was watching it, and he gave me a thumbs up on Facebook. So uh, there you go. Nice. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it, it was it was good. I liked it. I thought it was uh, it was fun, and it was um, and it had enough like of a cheese level. Like I described it to Dustin when I told him, I said it was like Lifetime movie with nudity. Like that's what right. it felt like, <laughs> right? Uh, Maybe one that, step up I, from the Skinamax, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was better than Skinamax for sure. Like the acting was definitely a lot better. And oh, yeah. how was it to play uh, Detective Lutz? Well, I absolutely loved it, and I wish I would have been able to come back in the 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 next Witchcraft that happened after you know Witchcraft twelve and thirteen. I I haven't even seen any more of those. Um, it would have happened, but it 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 didn't. I got contacted to auditioned for that same role at Starbucks and I was just like absolutely not you're out of your freaking mind and that was it <laughs> <laughs> I never uh I never was in any more witchcraft I, I I just can't see myself having to audition for a role I've done three times let alone go to a Starbucks like how old am I how long am I how long are you in this business you should actually have a casting place not Starbucks <laughs> right well, there you go. So, no, um, I wasn't yeah. in anymore after that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that's okay with me. Now, it's just fine. <laughs> is it like, I mean, is that, a, is that a role that you're like, you feel like you're most known for? Um, no. No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. You know, because other What role would you like say you're, you're most known for? Oh God, you would have to ask that. <laughs> um, I don't know. Kind of, you have to get my kind of got to get my glasses on so I can see the resume. I don't remember any of this crap. <laughs> um, done so much. This is the way I am. I never remember anything. Um, uh, I don't know the zombie ninja people are obsessed with. Um, <clears throat> you know the tales from the cannibal side. Now that was a fun that was a fun shoot working with Mike Johnson in Minnesota. Doctor went once and then we filmed and then I went back again and we shot more stuff. Not for the same thing; it was for a different film. But um, he's a great guy. Um, all that uh, Nightmare Productions, um, Bikini Planet. People like that film that I shot up in Pleasanton, California, Northern California, with Derek Zimmerman. Mm. Um, probably. Well, The Crawling Brain, that's another Ron Ford film. And uh, The Evil Maker, uh-huh. for sure. Definitely a lot of people have seen The Evil Maker. Yep, saw The Evil Maker <laughs> And the other a couple day. music awesome. videos I've done along the way and some television. But, um, but uh, yeah, the as far as the, as the horror movie goes, like The Eyes of the Werewolf and stuff, I'm like, oh, God, please don't write me. <laughs> 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 or The Passion Network, that runs a lot on, like, Cinemax or HBO. He's like, oh, I just seen it. <laughs> oh, <God>, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have to uh, find the we... rerun of the Entertainment Tonight. I'm trying to find that particular episode that I was on in Inter- Entertainment Tonight. Can't find it. So if you can help me with that, Jonathan, that would be terrific. <laughs> what uh, 
what were you there for for the entertainment tonight? Oh God. Okay, so I have to tell my story. <laughs> <laughs> it is a story. So I was doing a show at the Beverly Garland um, over here on Vineland, and then. I don't know if that's Studio City or what that is over there. It's a hotel. Anyways, they were having some Hollywood collector shows. So I was signing autographs. And um, the guy sitting behind me were the Sopranos, two guys from the Sopranos. And then I had the other guy that was uh, Ed Lauder, you know, from The Longest Yard back with, with Burt Reynolds, the first Longest Yard, not the remake. Well, maybe he was in the remake. I don't know. I don't care. Um, but anyways, the Sopranos guys, you know, you know, they were ta- they were talking to me a lot, and they wanted me to you know, come back to their hotel room for drinks. Well, you know, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want it to lead to something just, you know, awkward situation. And it's just, you know, it's, it might be nice and all, but it might not it might not be the right thing to do, you know. So I, you know, I opted out of that one. But Ed, you know, Ed Lauder, uh, you know, approaches me with, I got a script. So he's like, okay, you know, then, you, know, you can, like, send it to me or whatever, or we can have lunch. And he's like, yeah, we could do lunch. So we exchanged numbers, and, and I did. I had lunch 3 o'clock in the afternoon. You would think it was like, you know, is not what could go wrong at Chin Chin's on Sunset? <laughs> well, we walked in. Joey Betafuco and uh, Ron Jeremy were sitting at the table having lunch together in the front. I should have been an inkling this was going to be a bad situation. <laughs> I said no. So we go into the restaurant, you know, we're having our lunch, and um, he's showing me pictures of his ex wife and his daughters, and, you know, everything's good, you know, there's nothing nothing weird. And then he conveniently forgets the script. However, his apartment is right around the corner, like literally right behind Chin Chin's. But again, it's three o'clock in the afternoon. What could go wrong? All right, well, we'll go to your apartment. <laughs> so I go to his apartment. And he starts making a martini. I don't even like martinis. Well, apple martinis, maybe, but not martinis. And he makes a martini, and I'm sitting on the couch. He gives me the script. I got the script. I literally got the script in my hand. But then he sits down, and he, he, you know, I'm looking kind of at the script, and, and he picks up the script, and he goes, he goes, I think it's time that you and I take a shower. And I was like, <laughs> he like, look at him, like, what? And then he leaned over and kissed me, and I slapped him. And he told me that he needed to deal with a real woman and and not a child and basically get the fuck out of the apartment. And I was like, I'm out of here. Like, I'm out of here. Like, God, like, this is, like, this is messed up. Like, so I've never had that kind of a situation ever, like, ever. Like, I've never been put in that situation. So, I, you know, I ran downstairs. My car was parked there in the underground. I was waiting for him to come down for the remote, and somebody was coming in, and I just jammed, and I came home, and, and I told my mom, I was like, oh, my God, this, like, happened. Oh, my God. You know, I was like, freaked. It was just freaked. It was just so upsetting. And, uh, and it was just what upset me more was that I allowed it to happen because I went there like I was stupid. And, um, and. A couple of weeks later, I got a call from Backstage West. They were casting. I don't even know if it exists anymore in L.A. But a lot, I used to, you know, not only submit my headshots to acting jobs, but I also posted for my for my company, Silver Moon Productions, and I did my casting through there. So they knew me. And they knew me very well. Anytime I just called, it's like, bam. You know, they already got the credit card on file to charge it and post my ad. Um, so they called me up and asked me if I had any casting count stories. And I said, actually, uh-huh. I, I do. 
I do. And they were like, well, Entertainment Tonight is looking for women who have casting couch, and we thought of you. And so they put me in touch with the Entertainment Tonight, and so I got in touch with them, and then I went over there, and they shot me walking up, you know, Paramount Studios, back and forth, you know, and they told me bring all my stuff. I'm bringing my posters. I'm bringing all my, you know, my wares to try to sell my deal, you know, sell my production company. I'm like, okay, and I get to talk about Air Water and blast him out. <laughs> I did, and that's what it was about. It was about Ed Water and how he did, like, try to do the journey. And uh, I was on the show with Jenny McCarthy. She was outing, you know, Steven Seagal and some other girl. Well, in the end, you know, all my posters and pictures and stuff. I mean, I got a lot of footage. I got a lot of film time and cost time, but I didn't get any of my production stuff done. I was kind of mad about that. Mm. That ended up on the cutting room floor. And they put the karate chick up, and I was like, how dare you? You're like, what the, who is she? Who is she? karate chopping. Who the hell is she? You know, I was like, that. But it was like one of those Saturday night, 12 to 1 a.m. shows, like hour episodes. So I was on there with Jenny McCarthy. All right. Chick. Yeah, so that's how yeah. I ended up on entertainment casting. So I'm trying to find that episode. I want to find it. I want to find it. It's, I know it's a it today. It's, it's definitely relevant today, considering, like, Harvey Weinstein and stuff. So oh, well, if yeah. you can find yeah. that, that'd be awesome because maybe it's on YouTube somewhere or something. Would, Somebody's got to have think, it. You would think. Yeah. You would think. You can help me with that. That would be awesome. Hey, I'll love you for life. Oh, my God. And has uh, <laughs> one of your fans has a copy of it or something, you know, they maybe they can put it on YouTube or figure out how right. to do that. Nice. I don't know how to do that. I'm not technologically advanced. I have no idea. Yeah. Neither <laughs> am I. I get people to do that for me. Um, <laughs> I just don't know how to do that stuff. Um, so, uh, James, um, so yeah. let's talk a little bit about uh, bloodletting real quick mm-hmm. because that's a uh, a big part of your career. Um, uh, was it, was that the film that kind of like that you right now have been most remembered for? Would you say? Um, sadly enough, that's probably the second film I'm known for. The first film I'm not even in, <laughs> so I I'll go to conventions and about uh, it's it's a bizarre story. I'll go to conventions and I'll have about ten or twelve people come to come up to me with copies of Bloodletting for me to sign, and I'm always thrilled that anybody even saw it. You know, it is uh, my my favorite film that I acted in. I I love being involved in that movie. The problem is those same conventions I'll have probably at least twenty five people come up to me asking me to sign Clerks DVDs, thinking that I'm Brian O'Halloran, the guy who played uh, Dante oh and Clerks. Wow. And it's, it's, it's inevitable every single time. And it's like, uh, and it finally reached a point where it's like it was cute at first, but now it kind of reached a point where it's like, you know what, fuck it, I'll just go ahead and sign it. So I started signing <laughs> Clerks DVDs. <laughs> Funny story, last year, um, a friend of mine met Brian O'Halloran and told him that story. So Brian O'Halloran sent me an eight by ten signed James that he signed James L. Edwards. So I thought that was a cute story. Like at least he had a sense of humor about it. But no, Bloodletting is the one that I'm most known for as far as an actor. Um, and again, it's I, I have the fortunate situation where it also just happens to be my favorite film as far as what I've worked on. Because I'll be the first to admit, I did a lot of crappy movies. I really <laughs> genuinely did a lot of crappy movies. But that one really, really meshed. Not only was it something that had a really strong script, I think it had a strong ensemble cast. And also, it's just a subject matter that interests me. I've always been fascinated by serial killers. It's actually, it's always a pleasure 
to work on a film that you yourself as a person would actually want to see. Because I do, I, yeah. I do tons of movies where it's like I'm happy. I'm always happy to get a role. I'm, I will always do my absolute best to get into the character. But if it's a movie that you don't really necessarily want to see, I mean, even the final result is like, okay, well, I made a movie. That's great. But to be involved in a film that you truly love the outcome, that, that's something I think we all strive for as actors. You're right. Right. And you Definitely. hope that it plays well on film versus script. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> sometimes script is, like, amazing, and you're like, oh, my God, you watch the film, like, what happened? Either it's a bad editor or... Oh, exactly. I, I, and and that's the thing. It's like, as an actor, I, I, that's, that can be very painful, but but as a writer, it's even worse, where it's like you have oh, this yeah. set idea in mind, mm-hmm. and then you see the finished result, and it's like, did they not read what I sent them? I, I'm confused. What, what is this, you know? Right, um, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> as, as directing and, and producing myself, I, I so know that one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Stephanie, how now, many films have you directed? Um, how many films have I directed? Let me see. Mm-hmm. I have four films through my my company, like, mm-hmm. but my mom actually did the Batman, but he's a, a different name, Ray Fitzpatrick. Um, <clears throat> let me see. Uh, Evil in the Bayou, I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tales from the Grave, and Tales from the Grave Two. Most of them, I know. I know my mom did the Luck of the Irish. She wrote the Luck of the Irish, and mm-hmm. I think my mom kind of like directed that one too. And the Billy Whack out of the first Tales from the Grave, but but for the most part, just the the, the three. I mean, here's, at the Bagman, I was predominantly in, so it was more difficult to right. be in front of the camera and also like directing. And even even on the Bayou, I was in as well, but I wasn't in it that much. I just played the female Satan. See, that's actually the that's actually the point that I was going to bring up because I I have to assume that the and again and maybe I'm like wrong the, that's why I'm I don't asking. like to produce my own films and be in my own movies. I just feel like that's your typical. You, I'm an actor, and it's the only way I'm going to work is if I do my own films. <laughs> right, <laughs> I don't right. Do that. No, exactly, and that's the thing. That's why I'm asking because. Um, last year, uh, I mean, I'm mostly known as an actor and writer, and last year I embarked on my directorial debut. Uh-huh. And the reason I did it, and I'm assuming that a lot of people, a lot of people who have worked as actors and writers do it, is because I was tired of doing doing movies that, again, I was happy to do the role, but I was tired of doing movies that I wouldn't particularly want to see. So okay. I thought that the easiest way to do that would be, you know what, let's just make my own movie. And yeah. speaking to you as both an, an actress as well as a director, do you find that you're able to separate as far as on set both the, the directing role as well as playing a role in the film you're directing? Oh, 100%. 100%. But for my reasoning, I did it because, of, you know, I've seen all these little – schmucks out there that I've worked with um, that mm-hmm. are making these, just shooting these films out, like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, why can't I do that? Why can't exactly. I make my movies? I have, like, all these ideas in my head. And not, you know, and I'm like, I want to be that guy. I can do that. And so I never went to directors. Like, you know, I never went to, like, the, the film academy or anything. You know, you learn it when you're on set and you've been on set so many times, just like special effects. 
I'm, right. I'm definitely old school. I like the like the Tom Savini stuff, you know, definitely right. versus CGI. I can't stand it. Um, so you know, I learned how to make special effects, and next thing you know, I'm making the effects. You know, I'm making the bodies, the corpses, buying gallons of liquid latex, just like you know, painting and this stuff. I'm just like, yeah, there I go. What do you mean? Let me just wrap it up. I'm just a dead cat. It only take me 45 minutes with the gut ripped out. We got it. You know, right. you know. So I'm making all these stuff, and and you know, and you're pretty much doing everything. But I'm just like. You know, I wore many hats. I wasn't just directing and producing. You know, I we wrote the script. I wrote the script. I did, you know, and, and mind you, like, I'm old school. And when I say old school, I never even had, I never had a um, script program in a computer. So I had right. a typewriter. So I type, I used typewriters to do my, my, my dailies, you know, like for my shooting schedule. And I did typewriters to do the script. So as mm-hmm. I'm writing it, you know, if I made a mistake, you know, just wipe it out and then go back and retype it. And then you go and you run them off, you print them. But I'm like doing the scenes as I'm writing it out. There is no right. going back. Well, I'm going to change it. You better know what the hell you're doing right from the start. Because you're using a typewriter. And that's the thing. I think you, you, and I have, you and I have an advantage towards that. Where it's like you've been on so many film sets, I've been on so many film sets, and you learn something every. It doesn't matter whether the movie's good or bad. You learn oh, something no. for yourself as a performer every single time you're on a set. Oh, that to me anyway. And, yeah, that that to me anyway was a good opportunity to learn what to do and what not to do as a director. Does that make oh, sense? Oh hell yeah! Oh hell yeah! Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, like people are contacting you. Oh, can you come over and like? And maybe I'm not even working in the film, but they'll be like, oh, I need you to do the effects. Are you able to do the effects? And I'm like, yeah, let's right. do it. So there's some films that I've done and been a part of that I'm, I'm working doing special effects on. There's a lot of films I've done special effects on where I really wasn't on camera. And that was fine by me. Anything that's like mm. in front of, behind, it doesn't matter. You know, it's kind of like the reason why I went to Arizona last year to become a tattoo artist. Again, it's like something that you're doing that's artistic and creative. Other than right. working your normal job that I was at the hospital. Now I'm back at the lab. Right. Cabin fever. That's wonderful. I, I, like, I love it when actors can kind of bond together about this stuff because, like, it's it's kind of an inner struggle together. Like you all know, we all have the same stuff going on, you know, right. or whatever. We all are kind of, we all know what's going on. Um, uh, okay. So real quick. Um, okay. We have somebody that's, uh, that called in. I'm not sure if they're uh, just trying to listen to the show on the phone or if they're calling <laughs> in to like ask you a question. Um, but they've been on hold for like 20 minutes and I feel kind of bad. Oh my God. So, uh, <laughs> uh, I will, uh, I know normally let this be a call in show, but since Laura Jean cannot make it tonight, um, she is, she just sent me a message. She's stuck in a rehearsal that's taking a little longer than oh, no. she was playing. I'm sure we all have been there and, uh, and everything, but she said for, for me to just carry on and she'll, she'll be back next week. Um, and so, uh, Good luck, uh, Laura, with that uh, stuff going on, uh, if she's listening uh, later. But um, here we go. Um, hello, uh, guest, you should be on. Oh, hi. This is Craig from North Carolina. I'm greatly honored that you're going to let me call in. Uh, sure. Hi, Craig. Um, hi. hi, Craig. 
Well, I'm calling in uh, to support my my online buddy and and the goddess Stephanie Beaton, but I do want to throw a quick uh, call out to uh, James because another Savini kid here. So, absolutely. oh, excellent! Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm be I'll track down Bloodletting. It sounds like an excellent film. I appreciate that. Thank you. But I'm calling in really for Stephanie because. Um, Last October, I started watching all of the witchcraft movies. I set the goal to watch them all in the month of October. And who would have suspect, you know, expected that you're getting near the double-digit mark in a 16-film series, and you run across this absolute goddess of a terrific actress with uh, legs to die for, and then she ends up being in the best of the movies. Who would have thought the best of the movies is number 11 of all things? And directed by an online friend, you know, Ron Ford, who I've known because we've been together as pals on going all the way back to Fred Olden Ray's Retromedia Forum, which predates Facebook. And so I've known, you know, Ron for 10 years in an online capacity. And just bizarre that, you know, the confluences that bring everybody together in ways like this. And so since then, um, gotten to know Stephanie a bit online, you know, got to watch her adventure getting away from Arizona and getting back to Los Angeles, which was you know, a triumphant thing, which was great. And now seeking out all of her other films and hoping to get to you know, see them all at some point. Hi. Oh. Well, thank you. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, I, I told Stephanie earlier today, I just ordered online uh, Evil in the Bayou. So I'm totally excited to see that, um, uh, especially see her uh, directing uh, style and everything. So um, now, do you have a do you have a question, Craig? At all? Do you do you have anything you'd like to ask her? Or and really, so- just wanted to let her know that I was listening in tonight. Uh, I actually do have to get to bed because I got to get up. I'm on the uh, other coast, and it's much later here, and uh, I've got to get up for work in the morning. So I'm going to check out, guys. But I, it was an honor to get to call in. Thank you for taking the call. All of you guys have a great rest of your evening. Thank you, thank thank you, you so you much, Craig. Have a good day. Yeah, we'll talk to you later. You. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Wow, that's awesome. I was, that was I, nice. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. I have been, I've stopped doing uh, call-ins because we've had call-ins where it's pranks or people mm-hmm. drunk at this late at night, you know, and <laughs> stuff. And, and just, you know, so we, we just said no more call-ins for a while. And then, now I was like, well, I know there's a lot of fans that have been reaching out and saying that they're going to be listening. So, um, especially since Stephanie's been promoting it a lot. So, you know, we want we want to give people. So, if you do want to listen, if you're listening right now and you do want to call in, feel free to call in, um, ask a question, or there's a chat room in here. Feel free to jump on the chat room, ask a question, um, and I will uh, I will definitely uh, ask it, and we'll we'll get it out there um, for you guys. Uh, we've got. Well, less than an hour left, so um, let's go right into um, like I want to I want to talk about how different the uh, '90s uh, when you guys first started, or I guess technically you might have started in the '80s, right, James? With uh, the That's right. Uh, Dead yeah. Next Door, um, mm-hmm. but it was the late '80s, right? It was pretty much. Yeah, it was, I, was, I started up. I believe I was hired on the Dead Next Door in 1985. Uh, so yeah, that sounds. Oh, about right. okay. 
Okay, mid eighties. All right, cool. So, mm-hmm. uh, but um, and then uh, but the nineties was really the the part that kind of kicked it for you guys. Like, start kicked it oh, off. Yeah. Um, do you guys think that like nowadays, uh, it's a lot different? Like, like with the uh, uses uh, usage of like uh, social media and or like technology being so much different. Um, how like how. Uh, how much different is it from back then to like probably now? Um, Stephanie, do you oh, want to start? Oh, it's spades different. Yeah, it's it's absolutely <laughs> spades different. And actually, it's in my opinion, it's a good thing, simply because of the fact that in in the '90s, even in the late '80s, it was a very small group of people that were attempting to do this. We were still in the men- mentality that unless you had a couple of million dollars, you weren't making a film. There were only a handful of people that were going out and trying this, especially around that time with the advent of the video, or at least the... Yeah, but uh, now the, everybody's uh, oh. a YouTube star. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, but I, I mean, ruins it. I mean, it's just... See, but but honestly, Stephanie, does, uh, let me ask you this, though. Does it? If anything, for me personally, yeah. I like yeah. I like the challenge. I, I like the fact that... You, I'm sorry? Were you directing in the 90s and the late 80s? Uh, no, no, I was not. Okay, so uh, you weren't around. I'm strictly going as a, from an actor and writer screen uh, or uh, um, um, mentality. When you asked you made a dollar off of everybody that viewed it and they paid by the unit to Blockbuster and Hollywood Video. Right. Yeah, like, those things are open. <laughs> yeah, those things are open. No, exactly. What, I, what I'm saying yeah. is video I really think that with... Video definitely killed the radio star on this one. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> um no, what, what I'm saying with that is with the fact that there are so many people out there doing it, it really forces us as entertainers to kind of up our game. It's no longer a thing where you can just – I work for a lot of companies that just crap video. out That's stuff. the thing. I, everybody's shooting on video. I mean, I shot on video, but I was like hell-bent on interlacing it so it looked like freaking film. Right. I can't stand video. Even though I shot on video, I can't stand video. Oh, I can't stand it. Now, now you're talking mostly you want to shoot in 16 or 35. Is that correct? Well, I want to make it look like a 16 millimeter. I don't want it look look like a freaking YouTube video. I don't want oh, no, no, I agree. Like I 100% agree with you there. What I'm saying <laughs> is there are so many different things you can do with digital now to make it look like film. It's no longer an issue. Because you deinterlace it. Mm, it's exactly. the process they do on the on the, as an editor. Right. You know, I mean, there's always going to be those people that decide to shoot a movie on their iPhone. That's that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people that really are getting into it as far as making making it look good, and it creates competition, which I like. I like a challenge personally. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I, you know, I mean, they they still tried to make it look good even in the '90s because in the '90s it was. You know, you, if you wanted to try to sell it to somebody big, then you definitely mm. want to make sure your product looked good. So it was harder to sell, so that means you had to put out a better product. Right. You definitely mm-hmm. did, unless you were just like the low-grade B movies and it went to a certain certain department. But if you were really trying to shoot for somebody higher, like Shoreline or Lionsgate, you best believe your ass was going to make something of quality. Right. No, well, no, I yeah, agree with you there. Just I'm just saying video. that it's... It's so, to, you, it's so reality-based. I can't stand it. 
Oh, I agree. I agree. And it's, it's really a cheap, uh, it, it's a cheap venue. It really is. I'm not saying that there haven't been decent reality-based horror or like caught on camera horror. I'm saying it's far, far and few between for every movie like yeah. the Bay, you're going to have a thousand, um, uh, whatever flavor of the month, uh, shot on video movies. There are, I agree with you there. I'm just saying yeah, for me yeah. personally, I like the fact that long long gone are the days where, it was only a select group of people that could do this because I think it gives us an opportunity to network even more and work even more. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, in that aspect, definitely. But I do, I do like it when it was a select group of people. Yeah. <laughs> it me, what you said kind of reminded me of the documentary I saw on John Holmes. You know, there was like twelve major people in the porn industry in the sixties and seventies, and nobody contracted like HIV. Like no, they didn't even have that then, but. You know, it was like nobody got STDs. You know, it was a small group of right. people, and now it's like so mass produced that it's like insane. So it's like <laughs> it kind of reminded me of that documentary I watched on John. Um, I did see that. I did off. I was like, it reminds me of that kind of you know comment they made. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no matter what era we're talking about, whether it be the 80s, 90s, or even now, there's always going to be a huge influx of garbage versus a small but sizable uh, uh, chunk of really talented uh, filmmakers, actors, writers who continuously put out things. No, you're going to have that no matter what. I just I like the fact that the stakes are a lot higher now, you know, as far yeah, as yeah. – you you have to really really work hard to make your your uh your production stand out you know yeah, right right mm-hmm. right no I, I totally yeah, agree get really and, big names and that's gonna come right <laughs> well I mean and and the, the biggest problem I have especially with the indie um uh film route uh horror uh horror route is that like. Uh, it's it's all about streaming. It's not about mm-hmm. physical media, and it's all about um, let you know, can we make a movie for under like five thousand dollars or something right. like that? You know, which yeah. is not a bad not a bad thing. I don't knock it. I I've been, I've acted in a um of a, a couple you know low budget movies like that, but. The thing Dude, that, Jonathan, what um, are you talking about? I all my all my stuff I shot under five thousand dollars. Five thousand dollars in like that time is probably it a little bit more. It wasn't even five thousand dollars. It wasn't even. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, all right. It's probably that's probably and they were all good movies too. So there you go. You know, uh, it can't happen. But it's just like it, it's just like the thing is, um, a lot of times these people just make a movie and just put it yeah, out, and it's like absolute right. trash. And then distributors right. will put it out because it didn't cost them anything. It's not going to, you know, right. Like it, as it long as it's got not, TNA, that's what sells, right? Right. Um, yes. Yeah. That most does of the time, that's, I will have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, okay, that's a good, that's a good, uh, good topic idea, uh, thought, like thing, because you have done done that. You shot movies that mm-hmm. have nudity in them, whether or not mm-hmm. you did it or somebody else did it. Um, so, what was your like thought? Did they, did every single like like which like take Witchcraft Eleven um, had nudity mm-hmm. in it? Um, do you feel like that? helped the movie or do you think like that um I, that just having that might have hindered it 
I think that that's what sold the movie, all the witchcraft theories, was the DNA. Because I don't think script-based alone, it was it was valuable. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, I think that, because, you know, it's like, okay, we're going to go, you know, seven minutes, and then we're going to, like, cut to a sex scene. You know, it's just like, really? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not... I mean, if you watch any of my productions that I've done, I think the bag man, I have a set seat on the stove, <laughs> and you see breath. That's it. Um, the other ones, I don't think there's any nudity in my other films. Yes, I Evil in the Bayou and Tales from the Grave, one and two. I don't think I have any nudity. I just really didn't want to, for Kiss and Ass alone, I wanted to try to make something that was actually something more based on script. An actor, mm-hmm. you know, and not try to like market on kiss and ass. I mean, I I get it. I know it it, it will sell, but it sells to a certain genre in a certain market. At least it did in the nineties. I don't know about today. I'm you know I'm not I haven't you know produced anything recently, so I don't I don't know. My mm-hmm. my tip film I was planning on shooting. I don't believe there's any nudity in that. Right. I know for me personally uh, with uh, with directing. Uh, as I'm directing uh, Her Name is Krista, there are four nude scenes in that film, and I specifically wanted them in there, <clears throat> not for the exploitation value, but because they were important to the development of the two characters falling in love. So my decision on that, especially considering that at the base of the film, it's a story about uh-huh. necrophilia, they, uh-huh. there is nudity featured, but it's it's a bizarre mixture of like a beautifully shot love scene, such as uh, such as the one like the Terminator or Bound, but also intermixed with something so horrific and so uncomfortably right. um, upsetting that it's it's very like I, 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 I find it very difficult for anyone to be turned on by these scenes. Let's put it that way. Like the movie Kiss. I don't know if you ever seen that. Yeah, exactly, okay. exactly. Not quite to that extreme. I'll be honest with you, but um, and she. She was exactly. having sex with the dad. Right. Whereas yes. you basically got something where it's, I mean, it's a well-known fact for years, especially in this genre, that nudity and gore sell. Those are the three yeah. things, or those are the two things that distributors are after. But if you can put an, a, a unique twist on that, if you can do something where it's like, okay, yeah, I'll give you what you're looking for, but are you sure that you want it? That's, that's yeah, the real, right. at least for me personally, right. that was the real key for me. Well, I think I think if it's shot right, then it's one thing. But if it's just in your face, it just really bothers me. It really agree bothers with you more. me. I, I, it I really absolutely, bothers Stephanie. Me. I remember when I went back and I shot this one film. It was Passion Passion Network, and mm-hmm. they wanted me to come in and do some pickup shots because they didn't. The film was too short, and so you know, I already had did like I can't tell you how many like love scenes and stuff, and so freaking annoyed. And so I went back and you know, and I did a pickup shot and did it with the two guys and one of them his name was Mike Hammer and he was like born star in the freaking 70s so he don't care you know he was right. like this robes and don't give a shit and you know and you're wearing the patch and you know he's supposed to be wearing the sock and all that stuff and I just right. remember there was just a moment I had a really bad moment he had the big camera he was 16 millimeters he was super 16 and, and we're doing the it, it was supposed to be a threesome <laughs> 
you know, the other guy was totally, you know, he's an actor. He's like, okay, just let me know. Like, you don't want me to touch your hair. You want me to touch your hair. You want to touch. Because they're telling you what to do the entire time. Right. But the actors already, we're like working this out prior to like shooting. And he, and, but the other guy, he didn't give a shit. The, you know, right. he did not give a shit. So we're doing the scene and now we're, you know, going into like the doggy style scene. And I happen right. to glance up and I seen my reflection <laughs> in that camera and I got so mad and in come the goddamn fucking photographer. He come mm-hmm. walking in and take still shots. And I was, I stopped. And I said, you get the fuck out. You get the right. fuck out. Nobody's going to take me pictures like this. This is stupid. I'm not doing fucking porn. I mean, I was right. livid. Livid. They had to take him off the set. He was screaming at me. I was screaming. Then I was like, fuck it, I'll walk out. I'm done. You know? Now you, I'm done. You actually bring up a, go, a like, good point there. Uh, uh, no. Ugh. You, you actually bring <laughs> up a good revolting. point there, Stephanie. As, as an actress who's comfortable oh. with doing both nudity and love scenes, how often do you get a script where it's like as you're reading it, you're like, this this is this is absurd because I have well, to assume you dealt you, with a lot of, a, a, a lot of different types. Yeah. That, that particular movie, let me tell you what happened on that particular movie. You're going to die. Mm. You're going to freaking die. <laughs> so we're shooting out, <laughs> we're shooting out at uh, this house in, in Encino. And I ended up knowing mm. the owner. I used to work for him. He used to own one of the strip bars over here in West LA. I was, I was yeah. dancing over at the, like a go-go dancer with a bra on your hot shorts over San Island back in the day. Mm. So, Mm-hmm. And I didn't know. I, you know, I ended up running in when he owns the house. So I was shooting there. And so the, there was this kid. His name was Billy. And the character's name was Billy in the movie. Well, this kid's name in real life is Billy. And he's from North Carolina, fresh off the boat. Like, fresh right. off the boat. 22-year-old kid, right? So we're outside, and we got the script. And he's, like, panicking. Panicking. He's like, well, we're not really going to have sex, are we? I was like, no, are you kidding me? This is all just insane. <laughs> because we're shooting it two ways. The first way we're supposed to shoot with our my bra, my underwear, and his boxer shorts. We do the scene, we cut, we're done. Because we wanted it, one for TV version, one for, like, Cinemax version, whatever. Right. And then the second time, I wear the patch, which is band-aids on your hooch. And then the guy right. wears the freaking, like, pantyhose or the sock on his, you know, you know what. So, right. all right. So, I'm outside with Billy. And I'm like, No. We're not doing that, and we're cutting half of this shit. They've got me in this movie, half of the movie. They're shooting on 16. They're not going to dump me now. And these lines are just stupid. I mean, they're stupid, like stupid. And so, what? like, literally, I'm the, the scene is I'm like laying on the on my back, and Billy's like looking between my legs, saying, "I didn't know babies come out of there," you know that kind of shit. <laughs> stupid, you know. Like, <laughs> so okay, so now we're we're we shoot the first scene in the living room. And I have to, like, seduce him. He's, like, 18 years old, supposedly, and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm sucking on his fingers. And his fingers stunk like baloney. So it was just like, oh, my God. Like, I'm like, why is this? Why is, what the hell? So, anyways, we end up going into the bedroom to shoot the next scene. So I got the whole dolly track set up and the camera and the whole shabam. This is right before lunch. This was perfect for lunch because it turned into a horrific scene for him. And kind of for me, too. Well, it was. <laughs> so we're doing it with the, the clothes on. We've got the bra. I got my yellow Victoria's Secret bra and panty set. He's got his boxers. He's doing his line, you know, and didn't know babies come out of there. We cut the other stuff. We told Paul we're not going to say all this other dialogue. It's stupid. And I'm pulling him up by his ears or whatever on top of me. And then he starts to do the hopping. So they're mm. coming around with the camera, <clears throat> and he's doing the hopping. And I can feel 
he's got a heart on. Which oh, no. isn't not unexpected for an actor, but it usually doesn't happen. I have what? had it happen. I was in Chicago. And I got a funny story with that one, too. But, but to finish this story, so he's doing the humping. So the guy's coming around with the, with the camera on the, on the, on the uh, on track, and he stops. And he's like, oh. he's like, man, he's like, I can't. I, we, we, you know, it's coming out of your boxer shorts. Like, really? Like, you can't. We can't shoot this, you know, because it's like porn. You know, you can't see right. dick, right? So he was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And at that point, I was like, Paul. And it was the director, Paul Parker. He's sitting there. He's like, what? What, darling? And I was like, oh, never mind. Because the guy's just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Right. And he's panicking. He's panicking, like pure panic. So here we go. We're going to back to one. <laughs> so here, I know babies come out of there. And I'm pulling him up on top of me. And he's humping, humping, humping. And all of a sudden, they're coming around the track. You know, he's humping, humping, humping. I, and all of a sudden, uh, everybody just goes, oh. And I was like, what, what, and then he just like jumped off of me. And he was like, oh my God. And he took off riding, and I said, no, he didn't. No, he fucking didn't. Uh, no, he fucking oh, didn't. No. And he fucking came like, oh, uh, are you kidding me? So I got up <laughs> no. and I went, and I was like, oh, he's serious? And they were just like, I mean, he was the joke of the town. I mean, this was like the talk of the set. You got crew members, you got all this shit going on, and he's like, they're making fun of his ass. And so right. now I'm in, you know, I'm like getting a shower. I'm taking alcohol. I'm like fucking free. I'm like, God damn, I don't want these underwear. I threw them in the trash. I'm like, you're disgusting. And so I'm like, I don't want to do the scene again. I don't want to do the scene again. And the makeup artist and the wardrobe said, well, I'll sit. If you want us to sit in when you talk to Paul, you know, we will. I said, yeah, you better. You better. Because I don't want to do this. I don't want right. to do this. And so then Paul comes in and. Oh, he's trying everything, everything, get me to do that, and be naked, and I was like, no, and then I just, you know, the cheers came out and all this shit, and I, he's like, okay, you know what, we're not going to do it, we're not going to do it, and so then they told him he can go home, I mean, he was just fucking, he was, he was gone, I mean, he was just like rocking in the chair, like, I can't believe, it was humiliating. (laughs) Humiliating. I think he ran back to North Carolina after that. Oh, that poor kid. (laughs) Uh, You actually... You actually bring up a good point as far as that goes from a, I mean, from a reverse standpoint. On, uh, um, for Her Name Was Krista, we, we, like I said, when we were shooting the love scenes for that, mm-hmm. I, I play the lead, but I'm also the director. So I've already uh-huh. established a relationship with my actors as well as the crew. Well, now mm-hmm. I have to do a love scene. And I've only done one other love scene my entire career, and it was very tame. This one was, was not. So I'm like, okay, what do I do? to make sure for comfort. I want to make sure everybody's comfortable with this. That's my mm-hmm. main thing, especially my lead actress. So we went, we went the, the sock route initially, and I'll be honest with you, my line of thinking with that was I don't want any chance of any type of contact. Because for one, I mean, strapping, uh, strapping that thing down with a sock, in my opinion, just doesn't do it. I mean, it, doesn't have, <laughs> it, just, it just isn't going to work, you know, especially when I, I'm not going to walk around the set like that. It's like, so be it. Not to mention the fact that I didn't even know well, you're that supposed just how long I was. What's that? You're supposed to wear a robe. Not walk no, no, I realize that, but I'm talking, about, I'm talking about for the actual shots. It's like, you know what, I'm not going to take a chance of <clears> – I'm not taking a chance of any type of contact. So uh-huh. I even went as far as to purchase or have made a, a plastic codpiece 
that I fucking um, glued onto the front of me during the se- uh, during the sex scenes. So I'm like, I'm not taking the chance of this. I want to make sure my actress is comfortable. I want to make sure the crew is comfortable. We're gonna get just trust me. I mean. I, yeah. I'm. I was already. The whole point of the movie was I'm not in the type of shape that anyone wants to see me naked anyway. So <laughs> it was already that. It's like not to mention the fact that with just the sock, I'll be the first to admit I'm a grower, not a shower. So it's like who knows what's going to happen with that. So fuck it. I'll just go ahead and do the cod piece. And that seemed to help everybody, especially my lead actors on set, because it's one of those where, like like Jonathan was mentioning with the whole Weinstein incident, it's like. Everybody has their own idea of what's uh, going to happen with that. It's like, okay, yes, you've got a script. Yes, you've got a crew. Yes, you've got this. But who knows what's going on in everybody's mind? I just wanted, wanted right. to make sure that everyone knew this is a legitimate thing. I'm not doing this mm. to, to get my rocks off, you know, especially as, mm. as both lead actor and uh, director, you know. Well, you know, most most of the time, most, I mean, if you're like a regular professional actor it's you know the men are just as nervous as the women are they're probably worse than the women are and everybody's all stressed out because it's like oh, oh exactly god, oh my god. yeah oh my god so I, I, you know, like i said <laughs> it's, it's i've only done a, a handful of love scenes and realistically there's never as an actor you're never sincerely in any way turned on by that it's a job at the end of the day you're there to perform as an actor so it's unfortunate you had you had that situation, but that's what you get when you when they drag somebody from some poor kid uh, twenty two off the boat from uh, North Carolina right. who doesn't know where, uh, who doesn't know where babies come from, you know? Uh, yeah. Exactly. And in the scene in uh, the scene in Chicago, like in the movie Head Crusher, I did when I was in Chicago, uh, that the, the what got me killed because I played the mafia girl's wife, you know, the mafia mm-hmm. guy's wife, and. Uh, what got me killed was um, <clears throat> I got caught having sex, you know, <laughs> cheating on it. <laughs> so when they were doing that scene, they had the camera on the other side of the door looking through the round window. And so there I was on the table, back facing the camera. Got He had his boxers on, and I had my little lingerie just pulled down. So you saw my back, and then they answered, you know, and then we cut to, to like, the boob shots, you know, whatever. Mm. And then I get I get caught, you know, <laughs> and then I get murdered. And right. uh, but when we when we were shooting that scene, you know, it was one of those fold out tables that you click the legs, you know, whatever. So here, you know, Ricardo, it was Ricardo Islas, he called uh, he called action and on action and you're humping, you know, and he's shooting right. through the door and you're just you don't really know because you can't see the camera, obviously. He's behind the he's behind the in the end of the room. So anyway, you're doing hump. I think we did one hump, two hump, three hump, boom, the table collapsed. <laughs> Oh no! You never know what's gonna happen on set, but I mean, it was—it's always been never dramatic. Just, just that passion network, that that whole scene. You know, we did that pickup shot, uh, and the photographer coming in trying to take those pictures for the box. Oh, it's aggravating. It's—it's absolutely. That's got to be absolutely terrifying because it's like you know you're trying to. you're trying to perform as a legitimate actress, and to, to kind of right. cheapen that, it, it, it just no, right. no, that's not going to fly. It, it was right, it was yeah, yeah. They're shooting you like you're a closed, porn star. It was supposed to be like a closed set, right? Like when you were shooting. Yeah, it was closed set, but they had the still photographer, and they wanted the director wanted to have some stills of the scenes, you know. Right. But I just wasn't having it. In fact, I don't think I had any love scenes taken. I don't think I did. 
I'm sure the other girls did, but I don't think I did. I mean, I think we did right. in the swimming pool. They end up on the box art. But, again, I have my bathing suit top on, and we're in the swimming pool and, you know, whatever. I just didn't want that. I just didn't want that. It just, I don't know. It's just really degrading. It was just, mm. ugh. It was well, really a horrible feeling. Yeah. It's just, now, no. Now, actually, I, I did, if you don't mind, I did have a uh, question regarding that uh, for you, Stephanie. Um, when we, uh, again, I'm going back to my experience here. When we started casting Krista, the lead character, I uh, had, I mean, our main concern was she had to be between 35 and 45 years of age. Mm-hmm. She had to obviously be a good actress and she mm-hmm. also had to be okay with nudity. Yeah. Now I know you're, you're quite a bit younger than I am, but, uh, do you find that as you, uh, as you get a little older, you're less inclined to do the nudity? Are you comfortable with it? Uh, what what changes? Because there's always been the stigmata that, uh, well, you know, there's a shelf life on actresses, which I I, I don't agree with, but it to some um, extent. But I also know how the how the, how the business works. What's your thought on that? I I do agree there is a shelf life on actors. I, you definitely, as a younger actor, get more work than you do as an older actor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just like anything, you know. <laughs> Uh, even in regular uh, real world, you know, uh, it's like right. the people want the fresh versus the older people. Um, it really just depends on what profession you're in. But, uh, you know, I don't, as being older and doing that acting and being naked, I, I don't, I don't see anything difference between then and now. Good. So there is no Good. difference. I, I mean, and that okay. Well, the only the only way I could technically relate to that question is when, like I mentioned before, I had, I had danced uh, over a fantasy family, like back in 1995, 96, right. and then I left there, and then I was like on online on the internet and doing it like online for like four years. Mm-hmm. Incredible amount of money, incredible, <laughs> best money I ever made, and uh, right. was able to travel and shoot and film and come back and still have a job, you know? and. Uh, it was amazing, amazing times. And um, I remember in 2003, I went back to the to the to the club, the same one, but now it's different mm-hmm. owner. These Persian guys, and they were just really laundering like money, and they had all these girls that were, you know, nobody was dancing on the stage because they didn't have any customers, and the girls that were in the back were like, you know, trying. To, they didn't have green cards from Mexico or Russia, and they were like. You right. never talk and never shit was going down where it didn't go down when Dennis owned it <laughs> and it was a decent place to work. And I was just really what the hell am I doing here? Like at for that aspect I was like, Are you serious? Like I shouldn't be back in the strip bar again. Like I shouldn't right. be dancing again. I've like I've done that, you know. And made a lot of cool contacts there and almost was in bulletproof there and, and you know, with mm. Ernest Dickerson, which you know, I, I had no idea who he was, but he I was supposed to be in that movie. But I had my breast done at the time and I had my surgery and I even mum my surgery for that for that film and and then they ended up shooting it while I was like really like a couple days after <laughs> my surgery so I couldn't do it. But um uh, needless to say, the times were different and the things that I've seen and doing so many movies, owning my own production company, doing the stuff I've done. I shouldn't be back there. That's like we're right. going backwards. Like, what the hell am I doing in, in an environment like this? So in that aspect, I can relate maybe for an actor that's older that doesn't want to do the nudity like I did that when I was young, but now I want to be more respected. Right. I kind of get that point. 
but for me, I think it's kind of the same whether you're young or old, as long as you look good. You know, I think right. it's okay. Oh, absolutely. Um, so you, you know, you're as long as you can I mean, pull it off, you, you know, would, uh, unless somebody would wants to grab on camera, then they can cast me. So you're you're still completely comfortable with uh, with the nude scenes and whatnot. You have no no issue with that, correct? No, well, yeah, but it, you know, I I don't, you know, I I I don't have an issue. I just have issues when the photographer comes in trying to take that damn picture. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right, right. No, no, I get that. Or no, you know, just no that plunking away the nude scenes to sell the film. Then I have issues with mm-hmm. that. Yeah, but if you're right. doing a respectable and a sexy love scene, like I want to see sexy. I don't want to see just like you know. Love oh, I agree. Like, because no. realistically, right, we're not making can... the rape scene from Death Wish with Charles Bronson. Right. You know, it's exactly. like, let's make it sexy. <laughs> Anybody can make smut, is what it comes down to. Anybody right. can do porn. I, what right. I'm looking for personally is something that conveys romance, that conveys love. You know, you can do right. those scenes and not be exploitive, you know. Right, right, right. Exactly. Exactly. I know. I'm like, I, people probably think I'm the opposite because I have like some naked pictures, but the naked pictures that I did do, I remember because, you know, you know, the flip side of my coin and I, my other <laughs> phase of my days, I've done uh, a lot of bondage, but it's under a different right. name and all that stuff. But uh, one a company that I worked for, the older gentleman, he used to write for Happy Days and he wrote for many, many, st- uh, um, what do you call it, uh, TV uh, yeah. episodes and shows like sitcoms and, like and whatnot. Anyways, he did a lot of um, photography, and he was a really good photographer. So I, I remember I was like, you know what? I have to go see him because he's paying me to do a, a shoot, but I want him to do some shoots for me, and I want to do some nude photography. And mm-hmm. I want specific. Like, I don't want to be spreading on your face. I don't want that. I want specific. And he took this one absolutely gorgeous picture of like up above on the ladder and I'm like on this rose colored cloth, like this, like canvas on it. And it turned out to be the most beautiful picture. And then when I looked at it, I'm like, Oh my God, somebody said that looks like the old, like the Marilyn Monroe picture back in the like, her first before she became anybody. And I'm like, Holy shit. This is like the, the most beautiful picture I've ever taken. And it was totally naked, but it wasn't mm-hmm. like hustler in your face. Like exactly. <laughs> it was, uh, it was, done right you know and and i was totally comfortable and you know it's fine it was art it was, it art, was art plain and simple I, yeah i mean when i shot evil maker i mean we weren't like shooting naked pictures but there was a when i was up in oregon we were shooting in this person's house and they had like white tile floors and i had just did the axe scene in the garage so therefore my feet were covered in blood, but we wrapped them in garbage bags so I could walk through the house because they had white right. carpeting and white tile. Now I have <laughs> to get into the shower. So I take off the garbage bags. I'm in the sh- I'm in- doing my thing. I get into the shower and I'm showering and I kind of notice through the doors, I see something like on the floor. So I, oh, I open up the shower and I see all these red feet prints. Oh my God. So I'm screaming <laughs> at the top of my lungs. Rob! Rob! It was a special effects guy. And uh, the woman, the owner of the house, opens the door and she's like, Is everything okay? I was like, Can you get Rob to come in here? She didn't look down because she was like, too, like, yeah, I'm like naked in the shower, although you don't really see me. I'm kind of behind the door, but still, you can kind of see me. And she was just kind of looking at me in the eye. She wouldn't look any other way. I said, Can you have Rob come here? I, I need him for something. And so she's like, Yeah, yeah. And so when Rob came in, I was like, 
He's like, what's going on? And he didn't want to, like, look at me anywhere in the place for my eyes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, look. And he looks down. He's like, holy fuck. Oh, my God. I was like, dude, we got to clean this up. And then he's, like, trying to, like, clean it up. And I just jumped out of the shower and just started cleaning it because <laughs> we got to get it cleaned up. And he didn't. But right. I, I didn't. You know, I didn't think, like, oh, my God, I'm never going to grab a towel. No, it's just. You know what? It was all about like getting the blood off the freaking floor, and he wasn't even caring. It's like holy shit, you know? These people gave right. us the house for yeah. free, you know? We can't like destroy their property. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, so, yeah, I, mean, uh, I felt comfortable with that, but it was like a it was a situation, you know? It was like a right. you know, oh, exactly. like a yeah. See, we were see, we were fortunate. It doesn't, matter. In our, it doesn't matter. Whatever. Right. We were fortunate <laughs> in our situation because we had a similar situation where. Blood got all over the carpet, but my effects guy, uh, Alan Tuskis, is so amazing that his stuff doesn't stain. So it, like, literally, it's uh, like, oh, we got it. Don't worry. So. <laughs> yeah, right. Hydrogen peroxide, that's your key. That's exactly. a special factor's <laughs> key. <laughs> Take blood out of the carpet. And real blood and fake blood. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, sometimes uh, there is real blood. Unfortunately, um, <laughs> honestly, you know, all right, uh, real quick, I want to tell you guys a, a funny story and I want to, I want to get some more funny stories from you guys, but I want to tell you yeah. a funny story that I got from, uh, I was shooting a, uh, a promo for a movie I was hoping to one day make and we haven't, we haven't done it yet, but, uh, called mm-hmm. Sasquatch vs. Yeti. And, mm-hmm. um, we're shooting a scene <laughs> where there were paintballers in the woods and, um, uh, one of my friends is a, you know, she's, she had her own like paint, paintball gear and stuff. And she's usually a really good shot and everything. So we had this plan to shoot from this one angle and we were going to get the shot of this girl. And you know, one of the actresses actually wanted to get like, you know, paintballed, you know, and everything okay. and, and, and shot, Ouch. which okay. normally <laughs> I say no, I normally I say no, but whatever, you know, like, I guess. Uh, so, she, so we did it. We did the scene, and um, you know, we sh- she shot the thing. All of a sudden, we don't hear any kind of reaction. She doesn't like get hurt or say ouch or or do anything. Mm-hmm. Nothing happens, and uh-huh. um, we're like, what happened? What's going on, right? And we look over, and our camera guy goes, uh, "Guys, uh, the camera's been shot." Oh, no. The paintball had hit the camera. And uh, so they're like, let's call it a lunch early. We went back to my house, which is like home base. Uh, and the camera guy actually had to fix his camera. Thank God he could fix it. Uh, because otherwise, that's like a $3,000. That was a $3,000 Of camera. course. Uh, right. You know. And so he was just like, and it's actually, I think he still shoots on that from time to time. But the, uh, the, the, was it the battery actually is, uh, um, you know, like it has to be taped into the camera. So there's like, oh tape my around God. The, and <laughs> you're so, lucky, that, you're uh, lucky you didn't so shadow the lens. No, yeah, oh. no. I mean, it was very lucky. There was a lot yeah. of that, like, could have badly happened. I mean, it right. could have hit somebody yeah, right. else too that wasn't, you know, planning it and didn't have anything, oh you know. Um, and there's a lot of like, like, after then, we, we, 
after them, we've decided not to actually shoot with paintballs at all. <laughs> I can't really blame you there. Just take it. Uh, oh, my I, I God. Because I was acting in it, and I was like, I'm not getting shot with paintballs. Like, I don't care. I don't care how yeah, much no, of a pussy I look like. I mean, they're <laughs> painful. They're, uh, you know, there's just too many, uh, from what I learned from that set, there's just too many things that can go wrong. And, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Me, the the DP had said that if uh, if it had broken completely, he he still wouldn't have charged me because like it was his decision to move it there. Like he well, had actually like that's where you know yeah I mean and this is it's funny because he's the director of uh, Plan Nine that the uh, remake mm-hmm. of Plan Nine from Outer Space. So, <laughs> like he's done he's done stuff and everything. So he yeah. kind of already knew. Um, but anyway, let's, let's hear about your, both of your guys' crazy, uh, like, stories as far as, like, on-set potential, like, disaster uh, stuff. <laughs> Stephanie, oh, I've got a lot of first? them. Stephanie, you want to go first or you want me to take them? Oh, I bet you got some, James. Yeah. <laughs> Mine are probably not as bad as yours. <laughs> <laughs> I had a history, sincerely. Of being injured on every movie that I did, and I'm gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna say that I haven't been injured on Carissa yet because I, I don't want to take any risks, okay? But there was a, <laughs> there was a point where you could pretty much guarantee I was gonna get hurt at some point, and I think the worst of it was probably uh, I, I wrote and starred in a uh, sci-fi action film called Polymorph, where my care, uh, where it's kind of, it's basically like the thing meets Pulp Fiction. And there's a sequence where my character has turned into this creature thing, and he's, uh, yeah, they're, throw, they're throwing grenades at him, and shit's blowing up behind me and everything. And they had packed, uh, my, I, at the time, I had long hair. I had hair probably down to past my shoulders. Oh, my God. And I, they're, throwing, they're throwing these fake grenades, and they've got, uh, they've got pyrotechnics behind me exploding. And one of the pyrotechnics was too packed. And caught my head on fire. So, oh like, my so god! When I, and I knew it happened. I knew the second that the fucking thing went off, all I heard was, you know. So it's like, yeah, that's my fucking hair. But I, but I don't want to do the shot again. So it's like, I'll just be cool with it. Just, just don't freak out until after the take. Just go ahead and go because it didn't hurt. I don't think it actually caught my actual skin on fire, but I knew I was uh-huh. on fire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I hear, I hear this thing go up. And the director seems to take, like, literally, like, three days to call cut. He finally calls cut. I'm like, for fuck's sake, and I think there's an outtake of it, of me screaming about it. But um, luckily, the worst of it, as far as me, and you know this, Jonathan, the worst of it for me didn't happen to me. Um, There's an outtake that's actually on the ending credits of Bloodletting, where the scene is, um, I have a fight scene with the lead actress. And the scene is, she hits me in the face with a crowbar, I drop, she walks away, I lift up, say my witty line, and she spins around and I deck her. Okay, I punch her in the mouth. Well, the director was kind of green, to be perfectly honest. He, he really, this, I mean, he wasn't real comfortable with, with shooting a movie. He was a great writer, he just wasn't real comfortable. And <clears throat> we must have shot this, this take like 13 times. It's like 3 in the morning, we're in a nice cold warehouse, we're both exhausted, we just we want to get done with this. <clears throat> so take 13... He calls action. <laughs> she hits me with a fake crowbar. I drop. <laughs> she wa- <laughs> excuse me. She walks away. I get up. I say my witty line, and I swing, and I connected with her jaw harder than I have ever hit any guy in my entire life. 
Okay, I mean, I and I knocked her the fuck out. She's gone. She's out. So I, I immediately go into sissy mode. I'm freaking out. I go, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm flopping around like a fish. I'm like Kermit the Frog at this point. I drop down to my knees. I'm trying to get her to come to. Uh, the director, who with limited crew, we were, he was also running sound, didn't actually see the hit, but said from the boom audio, it sounded like someone hit an aluminum or hit a baseball with an aluminum bat. Oh so I dropped God. down. I'm freaking out, trying to wake her up. I look down. My hand split open. I hit her so hard. And oh. she finally looks. She finally comes to. She looks up at me, and I'm like, "Are you okay? Are you okay?" She looks up and opens her mouth, and as she does, her entire lip splits open, like I'd oh. say probably like a three-inch gap, and blood starts jetting out of her face. And oh I'm my like, God. oh my God. So I, I'm ready to faint at this point. I'm Mr. Mr. Tough Guy Horror Movie. It's like, no, I'm ready to fucking faint. They rush her to the hospital. She ends up with six stitches in her face. We have to shut down yeah. production for two weeks while she heals. We yeah. go back. We, re, we reshoot the scene. Everything goes well. Uh. But next week, we're shooting, um, we're shooting the love scene. So I'm like, uh, she, she's got me strapped to a bed. They're setting up lights. She's on top. I mean, she has a knife to my throat in the scene. So they're setting up. She looks down at me, and she goes, thought it was pretty funny when you hit me, didn't you? Didn't you? Yeah. I'm like, oh, shit. She's got a fucking knife to my throat. I'm screwed. <laughs> but uh-huh. at the end of the day, we got the shot. That's the important. And we got a great outtake out of it. So, so bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god yeah that uh, one's that one's pretty bad i think you got me beat on that one do i do i still <laughs> want to hear yours what do you got for me um well I, you know i've always gotten hurt on the movies because i end up doing like my own stunts and stuff right. my legs are always banged up and bruised and whatever mm-hmm. you know hitting my head you know i come out like i got battle scars but i think the <laughs> worst was um I would say in Oregon when I was shooting the Evil Maker in that scene when I was down in the like the gutter or whatever it was like the little river I'm not sure but I'm looking in the I'm looking in the garbage bags to see if that I, if that was my boyfriend's body parts that I had chopped up but you know I, right. I think it was like a dream sequence or something and I had a lantern and it was a real lantern it wasn't uh, electric it was with the fire and I've been carrying this damn lantern for you know. All, you know, different scenes on the set. So it's, it's heating up, you know. So now we're all shooting. It's like four in the morning. <laughs> and you're, you're tired and whatever. And the scene is I, I creep up through the water and I open up the bag and, you know, you know, gasp, you know, like, oh, my God, because I realize it's him and he's chopped up and I'm going to jump back. And that's the scene. Well, in the scene, I do that and I jump back and the lantern swings and hits me on my arm. I felt it, and it hurt, and I was like, oh, you know, like, oh, and I just kept going, kept going, and as soon as the director called cut, I was like, oh, my God, I just got burned, I just got burned, I just got burned. Oh, like, no. That, so we took off up to the, um, took off up to the, um, to the kitchen, and I'm putting the water over it, and it, it did third-degree burns, like, two spots on, from my, my, um, my wrist to my elbow and like a good three inch third degree burn from my shoulder oh my to my God. elbow. Like it hit two places, you Ooh. know, but it hit like bam. I mean, it was just instant. I was like, got my hand under the water, you know, I'm just like running the lantern sitting on the counter. All of a sudden the lantern, boom, it explodes. Can you imagine if that would have exploded oh like right next yeah. to my face? Oh uh-huh. my God. Oh jeez! The glass was like everywhere. I was like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god!" Like we need to wrap it up for the night. <laughs> <Fun>. oh. <laughs> oh. 
getting burned. You gotta you gotta wrap it up. You gotta <laughs> Yeah, you gotta wrap right. it up. Right. Oh exactly. I gotta climb out the window and down the lot, you know, and all this crap and I'm you know, bashing my head and oh Lord. You know, I always come back with battle scars from almost every film that I've done. Oh. Like really bad battle scars. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. I, I definitely understand that, that's for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I have been hit. I I think it was in uh, Tales from the Cannibal Side. Uh, it was Jeff Murphy that was playing my husband, and I, he did he did slug me in for real. He did punch me in the face. He didn't realize he wasn't supposed to really hit me. Right. Yeah. No, he hit me. He's like, well, I didn't know. Michael's like, you're not think- supposed to hit him, Jeff. Oh my God. I think I've only been hit. Uh, I'm almost positive I've only been hit once in a movie, and unfortunately, the guy that hit me used to be a uh, uh, former player for the Cleveland Browns. So it, was, oh it, was, it wasn't fun, <laughs> but but at least at least I've only had that one incident, so that's good. Oh my God! I've had I've had some actors on set that have actually like said, "Oh, if you want to hit me, that's fine," you know, and shit like that. And I'm like. And as a, you know, and talking to another actor or something, and as a director, I tell them no, like I, I don't care. Like uh, yeah, no. I think the, the craziest thing that happened was um, I was working on uh, I was working on Scary Story Slumber Party, one of my my first uh, feature film, and mm-hmm. I was doing one of the shorts. It was called Valentine's Prey, and uh, Devney Penn was in it, and uh, she was getting attacked by uh, Sky Fair and Brown. Who was kind of a new actor? He had never acted before. Uh, he was just mm-hmm. a friend of mine, you know, and uh, big guy. He was great. He was great in it. And uh, she she has to grab like a um, I think it was like a lamp or something and like knock uh-huh. him. But of course it's got you know we shot it from a, an angle where you know it, it looked like he's getting hit, but yeah. not really, right? So right. she hits him and he goes oh and he falls down on the ground and she goes. Oh my God, are you okay? Like she literally thought she hit him, and he looks up at her and goes, "No, I was acting." <laughs> <laughs> and and pissed me off because like 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 you know I mean she's a great actress so she didn't like it wasn't at all like you know right. she wasn't you know but she really literally thought she hit him. Then the next take that they did it looked awful. So when we went to editing. It, we couldn't make it work. We couldn't make the one that she did because she she said, I'm sorry, way too soon. So right, of course. The only oh. to get in was the one that looked like the worst. And I was just like, oh, oh no. this sucks. Oh, but, my God. Know, it happens as a, um, oh. you know. And the film. You know, you know, you know in, in one of the, what was it, what movie was it? V-World Matrix. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe, my friend Joe Haggerty, nice, super sweet guy. He had a rape scene, and which kind of leads me to like this is where I kind of want to make a movie called Scream Horse Screams. <laughs> that was like the dialogue <laughs> where he's like yelling at the girl, "Scream Horse Scream!" Right. Anyway, so he like goes to rape her, and I'm standing off to the side, you know, because I'm like the female Terminator or whatever. But I'm not mm-hmm. in the scene, but I was just shooting some stuff. So I'm standing there with Ron, you know, and everybody's watching the the scene and he like you know goes to rape her and he pulls his pants down and I'm like happen to be right behind him everything's down so he's like doing his humping thing and I'm seeing his balls squishing and I'm like right I'm, I'm, I'm 
was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. But, you know, we just oh, let no. him finish his thing. And then Juan was like, you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to keep your underwear up. He's like, why do you know? Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Aww. I mean, I seen it from behind. I didn't say anything because he can't say anything until <laughs> they, they cut. You know, they're right. filming it. You know, what are you going to do? You know, you don't right. speak. Oh, exactly. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Nothing well, like um, seeing balls from behind. <laughs> <laughs> it is uh, it's about seven minutes before we gotta we gotta end. So um, I do like to get uh, a little bit of what you guys have been up to uh, lately, kind of then. So I know James, you got a um, a ton of things, I guess. And well, I mean, at least with uh, her name is Krista going on. Um, anything else that you're up to? Like anything you want to plug? Or at let this people point, know about. Like I said, at this point, my main concern is Krista. We, um, we, we ran into a lot of problems on the way. I had to recast my lead actress. Um, I had to replace my uh, director of photography. But I literally, I mean, I got to say, this is the best crew I've ever worked with. Uh, the, the crew that we've gotten together currently, I could not be happier with. Um, things are going st- uh, just amazingly. I could not be, I, I mean, literally, we we found a lead actress that is just absolutely amazing. I really think that this movie is going to turn heads. At this point, our goal is to complete shooting, because we've only got about five days left of shooting on that for a what I believe is going to be a 20-day shoot. Um, we <laughs> should be finished up, I believe, with this, uh, I'm in scheduling hell right now, but we should be finished up by September 30th at the latest. At wow. that point, at how long that have you point, been filming? We've been. I mean, it's been a while. See, the problem was we had to break for. Uh, we had to break for. Five, uh, I mean, you know how Ohio winters are. We had to break for six months for the for Ohio winter. Then the lead it out? No, it just wasn't going to work. And that, and the fact that our lead actress was originally coming from Los Angeles, and then thing I had to let her go um, because it just wasn't working out. So then we took literally five months recasting because it was something that. Was I wasn't just going to throw just anybody in there. So we ended up auditioning, yeah. I believe, 72 actresses for the role. Yeah. And yeah. we, amazingly enough, found one that just happened to be in my hometown, which was shocking because we were talking to actresses from Los Angeles, actresses from New York, Illinois, Wisconsin. I mean, it was everywhere. Yeah. Um, but it just so happened that the one that gave the best performance and, and suited the, the role the best was local. Um, right. And I wanted, but because she was a first-time actress, it was important to me to have rehearsal time. So we took two months to rehearse the role, prepare for it, and just go oh from there. God. It was, it was worth it to me to postpone the movie almost an entire year to make sure that I was oh going to get what I wanted. Yeah. So it, it, yeah. it just, it was, it, it was just worth it in my opinion. But now, now we, I mean, we're in the home stretch. Our goal at this point is we're, we're deciding on one of two things. Um, one, we have a feature that's ready to go after this. Uh, it's kind of a, uh, kind of a bizarre, almost like a saw type, uh, uh, horror film, uh, mm-hmm. called, uh, trivial that we're, we're, we're preparing. But uh, one thing I've never really done are shorts. I'd, I'd like to try my hand at a couple of short stories first, just to, so we can, as a new crew, 
kind of hone our craft and kind of kind of give investors a feel of what we can do because it's far easier to go to investors with a handful of like 15 to 20 minute shorts than it is two feature films and say hey take three hours and check these out and see what you think you know so yeah. that, that's what that's what we're at where we're at right now. So we have a handful of those. Okay. Actually, one of them that we're planning on doing, uh, Jonathan and I co-wrote together. So I'm I'm excited about that. But um, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's pretty much what I've got. And hopefully, uh, uh, hopefully, the, I guess the key is you're asking what my future plans. Survival. Survival is a big <laughs> thing at this point. <laughs> Surviving would be nice. Not not getting a coke. Not getting a coke uh, addiction. That would be cool. Um, <laughs> not becoming a drunk. <laughs> Are you talking not, about not, coke up your nose or coke down your mouth? Exactly. It's like not, not, not spending my evenings with like a pile of blow, a shotgun, and a pit bull saying I'm going to use one of these. Those are, that's, that's my goal at this point. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, how about you, Stephanie? What are you up to? Well, I don't think I'm that exciting. <laughs> Just uh, start thinking about that I don't see any coke in my future. That's good. I'm, I'm happy for you on that. I'm, I'm actually very happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I'm going to Omaha, Nebraska for a mm-hmm. weekend shoot for for uh, co-hosting for this uh, Omaha Shakarama. So nice. four episodes, you know, two days in and out, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I have some scripts that have come to me, but nothing set in stone. So, of course, until mm-hmm. anything's set in stone, I don't like to announce it. I actually haven't even announced the the Omaha thing that, you know, it just it kind of came to all together and it was confirmed like a couple of days ago, but I haven't announced it. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to be, I'm gonna be shoot, shouting that out. But other than that, you know, until anything else is finalized, I'm not going to say. Um, I know Jonathan's got some stuff, but, uh, you know, until it's like set in stone. You know? Right. <laughs> I, Sometimes things Sadly, that's a, that's keep under thing. wraps until things come to surface. <laughs> <laughs> the important thing is you're working. We're all working. That's that's what we got to do. So. Yeah, we're all working, and then working, you know, regular real jobs, you know, until, like, you know, you exactly. work and then you come back to your real job and you hate it even more. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh, my God. Feeling downside about leaving and filming is every time I would always return, I'd be like, God damn it, why? Like, I right. Oh, exactly. That. Yeah, you hate the job even worse. So people mm-hmm. say, why do you love it? Yeah, I do, but I, I love doing the other stuff more. I just want right. to be doing that consistently. <laughs> you know, I've certainly shot a lot. You know, I would, there's been some years where I was flying like eight times a year out of state, shooting like eight films a year. Right, you know, oh, and exactly. Then, and then when I shoot my stuff, you know, I just try to knock it out in like seven days. It's like, boom, you know. See, that impresses the hell out of me. Like I said, we, we settled on a 20-day shoot, and I'm happy with it. Don't get me wrong. It's just people that can, can crank out a movie in, a, in seven days. That really genuinely impresses me. Oh, hell yeah. And oh. get all your shots. Oh, God. You got to get all your shots. Got to get all your shots. Right. Come in coverage, with all coverage, these coverage. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Got to get your three-quarters. Got to get your close-ups. Got to get your paint. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Shocked. I am shocked that people can do it. And like, um, I, I know these, um, uh, some of my friends are uh, really low budget filmmakers can do it in like three days, a whole right, oh, yeah. Exactly. And it's like, I can't and even, I can't even put like together a schedule in three days. So yeah, the I get that. The shorts that I did for like Tales from the Grave and Tales from the Grave 2, they were like shot in like a day. Like nice. Right. I was shot in a day, maybe two. Her Kalak was shot in two days up in the cabin in Crestline. Um, 
I shot one day in Luck of the Irish because we shot partially in in Silver Lake, Echo Park, and then the other part was out in Topanga. Meet the Family mm. was all in one day. That was all in one day because it needed to be shot in Chipsville out in Topanga in this, like, shitty house that I rented. Right. You know? So it was like it was like a shack, literally. That's what I wanted, a hole in the wall. So we shot out okay, in Topanga uh, we're we're over the uh, live mark, so people are gonna have to wait till uh you know until like they they can hear the archive and hear the rest of it. Right. But I I do want to um real quick Stephanie, where can people like uh see your see your films? Uh, do you have a lot of them on Amazon or like you know promote where where they can find your films? I yeah, that's a good question because you know. A lot of the films I've done were always, like, in video. So it was, like, you're coming from, say, Blockbuster Video, Hollywood Video, to, like, find yes. Amazon now, you know, in the streaming world because it's not so much, like, you want and rent your DVDs. So I would say find it on Amazon. There's there's one gentleman that's on my Facebook page that has so many of my films. And I don't know mm-hmm. how he's got, like, all my films, but he's got them, so he's getting them from somewhere. <laughs> so either directly from the directors, like, sometimes I'll reach out to them, or Amazon, eBay, uh, well, who else has bought them? Um, Netflix, I think. I've seen a couple. I, I don't know. You know, I, I, I have no idea. I just know these people are getting them. And then you can catch them, like, if they play on, you know, television, like on HBO or Cinemax. Or like Shadow Minds, you know, but with the Heather Locklear. That was originally NBC, and then it's bought out by Lifetime and became the Terror Within. So when mm-hmm. Lifetime Television got it, they got, you know, they renamed it. So, you know, you'll catch things on NBC or whatever. Awesome. Um, I'm just looking now, um, just so people know, uh, you yeah, you can see, you can buy some of the movies on uh, Amazon. I think some are like used and new, so um, yeah. Which uh, that's how I got e- that's how I'm getting Evil in the Bayou, but I just realized for a oh, couple sweet. more well, dollars. Oh sweet! Well, you know, Evil I, in the Evil in the Bayou and the Bangman is actually uh, in redistribution right now. I have a new distributor. Oh, cool! So and yeah, so um, that one is re uh, redone. Um, so it's going to be broadcasted on television and also. I believe, and then you'll be able to get it like on Amazon and stuff like that. And then I still have Tales from the Grave and Tales from the Grave 2 that, you know, I haven't like re-signed out to a distributor yet. Well, great. Because I haven't distributed before, but, you know, it runs its gamut with the contract. So now I know it's like I own the rights again. I mean, I've always owned the rights, but, you know, I'm not contracted with that older Mm. distributor. You're telling me just to wait. You know, just to wait, and then there'll be a new version or something. You should do. Do you do like commentary on yours? I haven't. Nobody's ever asked me. That would be kind of cool to do. I've never done that you before. You should. You should. I know, right? Uh, yeah, you, you really should. You're really good Especially at the it, bag too. man. Especially the bag man. If people only knew the truth. <laughs> yeah. You should do it. You should do it for sure. Oh my god! Because that was the first film. I love that. First film I ever did, and it was it was a nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, it was horrible. <laughs> I mean, it turned out well, okay, but uh, it's like behind the scenes. I mean, it happens, you know, on, on, film. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I would love to hear, like, I mean, I guess if you're able to, uh, do 
do commentary on it and tell the truth. That'd be awesome. Um, I know, uh, right? (laughs) (laughs) I I remember real quick. I mean, who else would have a story where you're taking the DP out of your house at 6 o'clock in the morning because he's stripping off his clothes and spreading his ass cheeks to show that there's no goddamn tape up his ass <laughs> and all the actors are arriving because we're supposed to be in Azusa to film the opening scene of the Bagman, and now the DP is being taken out by handcuffs. Nice. <laughs> and now I got the camera. I'm like, holy shit, we gotta shoot this. What the fuck am I gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't gonna get rid of wow. that camera. I had rented it. There's no goddamn way. So I ended up going over to Eric, good old Eric Lasher, who made the night day in life of Chop Top, and it looked really good. And so he ended up picking up and doing the rest of the finishing out the film. But you know, there was a, that film was a clusterfuck. I mean, we had problems from the special effects guy who screwed us over, and you know, and there was nothing done with special effects. I spent all this money. It was just, you know, you arrive on to go to the location. There's nothing done, and then we lost our locations. We had to rewrite the scene make it transvestite, even if we lost the actors, you know, because there was no shooting, and it was, like, really bad. And then after the fact, when I'm, like, promoting it at the conventions, I got this, the asshole, the special effects guy, coming in with these pamphlets, I kid you not, these flyers, like, 2,000 freaking flyers with, like, shit, like, horrible shit, like, he, like, post, like redoes my pictures instead of, like, my picture with the got milk, he puts got talent, and then he's like, did this fake interview where I claim I have sex with my mother and all this shit, and he just did oh it at the Radisson Hotel at the Monsters at Monsters Among Us where I was premiering the Bagman that night. It didn't, it didn't fuck up my, it did not fuck up my, I will, I will set this record straight. It did not fuck up my premiere. I had three hearses bringing the cast and crew that I hired, one pink, two blacks to bring the cast and crew, and we had 300 people waiting for our arrival with flash photography. Not one of the fuckers got, like, upset (laughs) because of those flyers, but that asshole tried to destroy that day. (laughs) He tried to destroy because he was pissed because he got fired. He wasn't doing anything. He was, like, on drugs, you know, so he just, like, decided, you know, fuck her. I'm not going to, like, he took the $3,000 for the goddamn special effects and didn't do anything. Right. So that, yeah, yeah that um, movie we shot, that movie was shot in, like, seven days, eight days, I think. Uh, oh, wow. And pretty much shot out maybe one day down, one day down. And then the idiot Damien, the one that I had taken out by the handcuffs, he was the one that we got this bar for free over in Burbank. And I shot this footage, and the guy that was in the film was from Ohio, you know. And so we shot the footage and whatever, and then we were going out to San Bernardino, and my mom's seen on the on the, on the the TV, you know, we were rewinding and looking at the dailies a little bit. And I was like, where's the footage? Where's the footage of the bar? Where's the footage? And we couldn't find it. He taped over all of it. and that was Oh, my God, like, no. I know. And that guy was gone. So now we had to recast within a day. Another guy, he was a black guy, and he didn't have, like, the mustache and shit, and the guy that we cast, they had bald heads, so I was like, fuck it, I'm taking my eye mask here, you're going to have hair, you're going to have a mustache and a goatee, and I made it, <laughs> <laughs> and we shot it, and he died in a different way, originally he was supposed to die one way, and then we ended up dying another way, but it was, the scene of the guy coming out of the bar is not the guy who dies, there's two different guys, playing the same role. That is good to know when I watch it. That's awesome. 
Once again, I know. Uh, uh, but awesome. so much drama, so much drama in oh that movie. You know, but but um, I had that camera and I had it rented for like seven days, and I was gonna shoot this movie in seven days, and I am not stopping no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> you set your mind to do it. You you can accomplish anything. Uh, yeah. No, no, yeah, you got to, you got to. No, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, James, your films are on Amazon as well, right? Like, yeah, can... I know they're all. I know they're all available on both Amazon as well as Amazon Prime. Um, our goal is a physical media release uh, uh, for Krista once available. I'm thinking a Valentine's Day 2019 release on that. That's at least my goal. Uh, um, that that was a date that I always wanted anyway when we had our original actress. So I, I, but we can still make the date. It's just going to be a year late. I can live with that. Um, right. And aside from that, anything else? I know what was it? I know all of the stuff that I did through, uh, for Tempe is still available through TempeVideo.com. Uh, anything that I. <laughs> I'm sorry. Tempe. <laughs> oh yes. yeah, yeah. Yes, um, yes. And then yes. Aaron uh, Ramage, think... right? <laughs> no, oh no, 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 no! Dear God, no! <laughs> oh no, Tempe, Tempe, J. R. Buckwalter. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're thinking of yes, uh, uh, brain damage, yes. and honestly, I I yes. don't know anything about uh, Darren. I think I dealt I dealt with him briefly when um, what was it uh, when he was doing uh, the Trace of Death movies. I I helped out with one of those years and years and years mm-hmm. ago. But uh, uh, are they still around? Or? Oh, I'm sure because Sterling's still around. So if if Is he? if, okay. if, if, um, if if freaking I think I contacted around, him maybe. you know Ramage is around and Booker yeah. is still around. They, I met they with were, him as he wanted to for casting of Witch Witch House or something. I met with okay. him right before I was flying out to Minnesota. Well, he didn't catch okay. the movie. I was like, well, fuck you. Well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of those ah, where I think, I think I tried to re- – I, I got into contact with Darren maybe two years ago because they were the initial they – had, uh, they had bloodletting for the first year on the brain damage label before it went back to Tempe. And I was hoping to get some promotional materials, but it literally it's like it, it's been 20 years, dude. We don't have any of that yet. So it's like I don't blame him. So. <laughs> oh, my so. God. Yeah, yeah, just uh, go, go Amazon. I know a lot of my a, a lot of my stuff. Uh, a lot of my shit gets stolen on YouTube, so have fun with that. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't see any residuals anyway. So go, stream away. That's fine. But yeah, uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, that, that that's the easiest way to find me. Oh, and of course, uh, look me up on Facebook. We got a uh, her name is Krista. Facebook as well as uh, James L. Edwards. Uh, I would love to have you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. You, uh, so do I look under James or do I look for Krista? You can look under either one. Yeah, you can search. Uh, the the there's a her name is her name was Krista through Facebook, and you can also find uh, James her L. Edwards. In fact, we're friends on Facebook anyway. So yeah, I'm, I'm on your uh, uh, I'm on your uh, your friends list. So uh, so drop me a line sometime. We should work together. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That would be cool. Now, are you still in Ohio, or are you out of Yeah, I, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I <laughs> I love Ohio. I know that sounds sick. I've got to be I got to be fucked in the head there to believe that. But I just I, I love the shooting locations here. I love ah. the, the feel for it. I don't get me wrong. I love California as well. But I just well, I can't I mean, see myself I'm on getting a cool out of here. Ohio. I believe it or not. Yeah, there it is so. It is so easy to film here. It is so easy to get people that really want to work. I, I just, I, I just, I've always loved shooting. I, and and I've, I mean, I've, I've shot all over the U.S., 
But for mm-hmm. me personally, I just I love my hometown. Wow. Yeah. Last time I was in Ohio was in 2003 when I did that movie, Slice of Dice, with it. Oh, God. You don't have any family still here? Uh, no. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to answer that. It sounds like I might have opened a no, black screen there. Never mind. Technically, no. Uh, <laughs> no. No, they they could they they fuck you even in death. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I definitely death, I definitely agree with you there. They still over. It's mm-hmm. like really okay. All right, so yeah, I'm dealing with that I, I issue. It's, it's yeah, really I, easy for me to sit here and blame out if, You know, your dad or whatever dies. Is I gotta look it up online in the obits, and I've been checking oh, the obits. Oh, yeah, Ugh. you know. It is what it's it is. really easy for me to sit here and claim that I love Ohio when I'm kind of legally uh, I'm legally bound to be here because uh, I, I split custody with my kids. So it's or with my oh, ex-wife with my Lord. kids. So it's like it's one of those where it's yeah, like, I love Ohio I'm for the a, next ten years. So. I'm like Bob Barker. I'm a firm believer in spay and neutering. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey guys, and I am uh, spayed, so uh, you know there you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, Guys, I hate I hate to do this, but I gotta run to a meeting. But um, thank you so much for having me on. I really. I'm always working. I'm a night owl. What kind of meeting is that? (laughs) We're uh, we're actually having a a late night production meeting to to kind of get the schedule back on. No, it's one of those where I I need odd hours anyway. I'm I'm a. uh, uh, I'm, I guess I guess I'm an insomniac. I, I sleep like literally four hours a night. So, oh so it's one of those. Always working. Talk anyway, so uh, it, yeah, it helps, so it, it helps to surround in. yourself with vampires. So. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for calling uh, in, guys. Oh, thank you so yeah, much for uh, having me. Yes, um, and it was it was a pleasure to speak to you as well. That I I really really had yeah. fun. Yeah, no, yeah. it's definitely great. And thank you, Jonathan, for having me call in and being on the show. That was like really awesome. It's a good yeah, time. Good times. Good times. <laughs> oh, well, thank you again, guys. Everybody. You both have a real nice night. All righty. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Okay. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye, everybody. Bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.